Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. I'm going to preach today about something I was thinking after the Pastor Nancy meetings, which uh, some of the things she said sparked some of these thoughts, and I'm going to share with you this morning about them. So let's go to Proverbs 18 and verse 14. Proverbs 18, verse 14 in the Amplified Bible. Um, wow. Did I send you the wrong verse? Actually, 1814. Can we get it? 1814. I'm about 10 for 10 on sending the wrong verses lately. I guess I'm just too excited when I'm typing. 18, verse 14, if we could pull that up there. Proverbs. Today we're going to be talking about how to grow our spirit strong. And having a strong spirit. So Proverbs 18, verse 14 in the Amplified Bible. Notice what it says. The strong spirit, the strong spirit of a man or woman sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up or bear. But notice the first part. The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble. And today I want to talk about my spirit, my responsibility. Everybody say, my spirit, my responsibility. Let's say that one more time. My spirit, my responsibility. Now I want to talk today about your spirit, the human spirit that you have on the inside of you. And that's, that's the most important thing that God has given you. And talking today about your spirit, your responsibility. Now we are living in challenging times to say the least. In this country, stressful times. The Bible says that, that the closer we get to Jesus coming back, the more stressful times, times of pressure will come. And how many know all of us can feel that daily? You can feel the stress and the pressure of the world that we live in. You can feel it politically, definitely, because both sides have lost their complete minds, Democrats and Republicans. They have. Why am I not getting amen? I said both sides have completely lost their mind. And, and you can feel that pressure just like, really, guys? Both of you? When there's only two options, both of you have just gone crazy. And you can feel the, the challenging times, the stressful times, the pressure politically. We can feel that financially in this country. We're, we can feel that just waking up and living in this modern world. You can feel the mental and emotional pressure on you. It's real. You can feel it daily. You don't have to be super spiritual to, to feel that. You can just feel it. You can feel the cultural pressure right now. Uh, especially in this country and, and around the world, you can feel the cultural pressure to change what you believe, to change what you live, to change what you think about things because culturally the laws are changing and people are changing. If you don't agree with what the culture says, you're canceled. You can feel that pressure. But what are we going to do? We, we can't go run and hide and, and go to Wyoming and live in a bunker, guys. That's not what God has called us to do. We, we're not called to just run away from the world and go hide as Christians. We're, we're not called to, to run away at these challenging times. We're called to run into the world and to be a part of the world. We're in it, but we are not of the world. And we're called to handle this. And God knew it would be challenging when you lived here at this time. 
God knew there would be pressure on you. God knew it would be a stressful time in 2022. He knew what was going to happen, but he called you to be here for such a time as this. You're alive for a reason and for a purpose. You're here. And so because of your, you are here, God has answers for you. But the answer to be able to stand strong in these times is to have a strong spirit. A strong spirit. Now let's look at Proverbs 18 and verse 14. If we could again, the Amplified. Proverbs 18 and verse 14. The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up or bear. Is there any way we could get that in the message translation if possible? Notice this. A healthy spirit conquers adversity. How many want to be like that? Because there's a lot of adversity that we're facing in this world. How, how do you get over it and get through it? you got to have a healthy, strong spirit. A healthy spirit conquers adversity. But what can you do when your spirit is crushed? A healthy spirit can handle adversity. Now, we are living in times when people say that it's not for the faint of heart. It's not. Because you have to have a strong, healthy spirit to overcome adversity. And you can have a strong spirit. The Bible says if we faint in the day of adversity, our strength is small. Or our spiritual strength is not able to handle that. But we do not have to live that way. We are called as believers to have a strong spirit. Strong, healthy, growing, vibrant spirit. That's how we can overcome these challenging times. And we're not going to live in depression. We're not going to live in fear. We're not going to live like everybody else. We're going to be a witness. We're going to be a light in a dark world. But you're not like that if your spirit's going to be weak and sickly. You're going to be running like everybody else. You're going to be depressed like everybody else. You're going to be hiding like everybody else. You're not going to be the light that God has called us to live. How do you live differently? you got to have a strong spirit. That's the difference between you and the rest of the world around you, that you have a strong spirit. But here's the thing. Your spirit, your responsibility. Now, what is a spirit? Now, we're going to get into this for a second. I got to teach you a second before I preach to you. Now, we are three parts as human beings. God made us spirit, soul, and body. The real us is a spirit. That's the part that's connected to God. That's the eternal part of us. We have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we live in a body. But we are, as human beings, we are three parts, spirit, soul, and body. They are different, but also interconnected. But the spirit part of us is the most important part of us. It's the eternal part of us. It's the part of us connected to God. It says in the Word of God that God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And God created us just like him. So if God's a spirit, he created us as a spirit. Do you realize before you got to this planet, you were a spirit? And, and God put you in a body in your mother's womb. And you became a human being. But you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in an earthly body. But the most important part of you is your spirit, or we could say your spirit man. 
Now, this word spirit in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it's the word ruach. In the New Testament, it's the word pneuma. And it just means breath, wind, and air. And one of the first times we see this in the Bible is in Genesis when mankind was created by God. And it says God breathed into him. There's that word ruach, the breath of God. God breathed into man the breath of life. And he became a living spirit. Now, you realize that God created man's body, but he wasn't alive until God gave him a spirit. Because that's the real him. That's the eternal part of him. That's the part of you that's connected to God. And when Adam was laying there on the ground, his body was not alive just because he had a body. God breathed into him the Spirit of God, and he became a living spirit, or some translations say a living soul, but the better word would be a spirit. He became a spirit because God breathed into him the breath of life. That's what the Bible calls our spirit, our inward man. We have an outward man and we got an inward man. Your spirit is eternal. When your body dies, eventually we're going to put your body in the ground, but you'll still be alive. And your spirit will be very much alive. Your spirit is the part of you that is God conscious. God sensitive. It's the way that God contacts you. Now, sometimes we can sense God in our body. We can. If you get in the prayer line, you can sense God in your body. Sometimes God's presence comes on you and you can feel God in your body. But that's not the primary way God contacts you. Sometimes you can feel God and you can hear God speak in your mind, your will, your emotions. But that's not the primary way God speaks to you. God is a spirit and you're a spirit. So your spirit is the place that God contacts you and the way that you contact God, your spirit. Now we need to realize that our spirit man is where we get our life. We get our power. We get the life of God that's in us. And without the spirit, we're no longer alive. Listen to this in James 5, in verse 22. Not 522. Did I say 522? James 2, actually. Let me turn there. James 2. And verse... Can we pull up verse 26? James 2, and verse 26. Just as the body is dead without breath, or the better translation would say without the spirit, so also faith is dead without good works. So listen to this verse. Just as your body is dead without spirit, so is faith dead without good works. But listen to the first part of that. Your spirit is the part of you that keeps you alive. It's the source of life. It's the source of strength that God has put into each one of us, your spirit. Now, once again, your spirit is the most important part of you, and it's a part of you that's connected to God. But we got to understand this. The human spirit is powerful. It's strong. Because as you know, there's been many people that have been given a death sentence, and they still lived. And they got through it, and they got on the other side of it. Why? Because they had a strong spirit. 
There's been all sorts of tragedies and traumas and issues that have come to people that people said, you can never get over that. But the human spirit is so strong and powerful to overcome these things. It's our source of life and power, the inward man, the inner life. But notice, without the spirit, your even physical body is dead. Eventually, when you die, that's because your spirit leaves and your body is dead because your spirit is what gives life to your whole body. That's what your spirit is. You still with me today? So talking about your spirit, your responsibility. Let's look at Proverbs 4 and 23 in the New Living Translation. Proverbs 4, 23 says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Now, when it's talking about your heart, it's talking about your spirit. Guard your heart or your spirit, that inward man, above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard it. Keep it. Because out of your spirit flows your life. If you got a strong spirit, you can overcome trouble. If you got a strong spirit, you can overcome sickness. If you got a strong spirit, you can overcome trauma. If you got a strong spirit, you can overcome financial difficulties. If you got a strong spirit, it will determine the course of your life. If you got a strong spirit, it flows out of you the life that's in your spirit, man. That's why God says you need to guard your heart or your spirit because out of that spirit flows your life. It determines the course of your life. It determines where you end up in life, the condition of your spirit, man. We think we're all just going to get to the place God wants us to get. Not necessarily. Not if we're not spiritually aware and spiritually strong and spiritually guarding the thing that God has given us to guard and keeping watch over our inner life. But notice it says guard your heart or your spirit because out of it determines the course of your life. Joshua and Caleb in the Old Testament said because they had a different spirit, they got different results than everybody else. Because they guarded their heart and it determined the course of their life. We know with Joshua and Caleb in the Old Testament, they got to go into the promised land and the rest of God's people didn't. Why? Because they guarded their spirit and it determined the course of their life. They had a different spirit, so they got different results in life because they took care of their spirit, man. Their spirit. Is it? Okay, one person said it was good. What about the rest of you guys? Okay. Your spirit, your responsibility. Now, the spirit of man is the most important part of you. I, I can't say that as many times as I'd like to say it today because we emphasize, especially in our world, which is good, we need to take care of our spirit, soul, and body. But most modern people, we emphasize the body and the mind. We don't really talk about the spirit much. But the spirit's the most important part of you. And, and since you are in a church, you did walk into a church today. This is what I do. So I'm going to emphasize the spirit part because that's the most important part of you. And if you get your spirit right, trust me, a lot of other things will come in line. Because out of your spirit or your heart flows your life. Determines the course of your life. If you got a strong, healthy spirit, and you can, everybody say, I can have a healthy spirit. I can have a strong spirit. You can. 
But guess what? It's your responsibility. Now stay with me here. Many of us are are waiting on someone else to come fix our spirit. It's not going to happen. Sometimes we're waiting on our husband or wife to change things for us. No, your spirit is your responsibility. We're waiting on our life group leader to change something for us. No, your spirit is your responsibility. We're waiting on our pastor to change something. No, he can help you, but your spirit is your responsibility. You're waiting for a prayer line to fix it for you. No, your spirit is your responsibility. If you want to grow, if you want to be strong, if you want to be healthy in your spirit, it's your responsibility. Now, once again today, I am not preaching whatsoever like works and just you got to put your head down. You got to be legalistic because my personality is the complete opposite of that. But I am saying you have to make a choice and a decision and put some effort into your spirit developing and becoming strong. And when you do that, then the Holy Ghost will take hold together with you and give you the power and desire to do it. But you got to at least make some effort or some movement in that direction in your mind, your will, your emotions, and your choices to say, God, it's my spirit, it's my responsibility. And when you do that, the Holy Spirit will meet you and help your spirit get stronger. He'll help you grow. He'll help you get healthier. He'll help you become the, the person of spiritual strength you need to be. But it's your responsibility. Stop waiting on somebody else to come. They ain't coming. And if we're waiting on that, we're going to live the rest of our life weak, feeble Christians who are not able to withstand any pressure or adversity. We're not able to fulfill the plan of God because we're not strong in our spirit. And you have to understand that every person you see that has great spiritual strength, both men and women, it's because they took ownership and responsibility a long time ago of their spiritual life. You see somebody like Pastor Nancy or even my dad or other people you look up to or any great men and women of faith, there's, there's so many of them I could list. And you're just like, how did they get there? Guess what? A long time ago, they took ownership and responsibility for their own spiritual life and said, I'm going to get stronger. It said, I'm going to get healthy, and I'm going to pursue God, and I'm going to start growing, and I'm not going to wait on anybody else to do it, because if I am, I'm going to keep waiting the rest of my life, because nobody else is coming. So the people that we admire and look up to, like, man, they're spiritual giants, you can get there too. How did they get there? Because they made the decision, I want to get there. They made the decision, I'm going to take responsibility for my own spiritual life. They made the decision long ago, I'm going to take ownership for where I go with God and not wait on everybody else. It's not that God loves them more or God has done all this in their life and doesn't want to do it in your life. It's because they took responsibility for their spiritual life. Are you here this morning? Pastor Jordan, can we get Pastor Nancy back this week? Listen, I, I would have her every week if I could. Now, I realize some of the stuff I'm saying is a grow-up message, and I realize that, so I, I realize you're not going to shout me down today, but what I'm saying could change your life. Your spirit, your responsibility. So we look up to other people of great faith and great strength and that are spiritual people, and we say, man, how do they have that relationship with God? Because they took responsibility for their own spiritual life. Not in a works way, 
but deciding I'm going to make choices that's going to grow my spirit. I'm going to make healthy spiritual choices. I'm going to take responsibility and ownership for my own spiritual life. And I'm not going to wait on anybody else. I'm going to start doing that. And when you do that, the Holy Spirit takes hold together with you to strengthen you and do what you cannot do. So let's look at Philippians 2 in verse 12 and 13. Philippians 2 and verse 12, notice it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but how much more in my absence. But notice this part of the verse. Work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation. Now, where's your salvation at? Excuse me? Where's your salvation at? Your spirit. Miss Donna, you're fired. (laughs) Golly, I'm looking at the staff and they're just like, I have no idea. This is basic Christianity 101. I apologize. I had to fire the secretary on the spot. But you want to try it again? Okay, where's your salvation at? Yes, you're right. Bring the sandwiches. Okay. Let's try this again. Where's your salvation at? In your spirit, right? Because the Bible says you are saved, but what's saved of you? Your spirit. And your soul is being saved. How is it being saved? By the renewing of your mind. And eventually, in the future, your body will be saved when Jesus gives you a new body. But what got saved when you got saved? Your spirit. Your spirit. Hopefully. I mean, our secretary should be saved, right? Should we agree with that? If you're going to work at church, you should have received salvation spiritually. Okay. Tough crowd today. I'll, I, I'll keep going. But notice it says work out. And I'm not going to leave you here just at work out, but I'm going to carry it on to verse 13. But notice that it says work out your own salvation. What, what's your salvation? It's what God did, and he did it in your spirit. You being born again, God making you new, bringing salvation to you, reconnecting you with God. Work out your own salvation. But notice it doesn't say work for. Work out. But what are you working out? You're working out what God worked in. Now, now, listen to the next part. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So, so God is putting all this stuff in your spirit. If you've been born again and received Jesus, he's put all of this salvation in you. But you got to work it out. How do you work it out? By taking responsibility for your own spiritual life and growing it and strengthening it and figuring out everything that God has worked in you by his grace. But you got to work it out. Notice with fear and trembling in verse 13, for it is God who's worked it in you, both to will and for his good pleasure. So when we make spiritual steps to transform our life and to get stronger spiritually and to get healthier spiritually. We are working out what God has already worked in us by his grace and by his spirit. So this is not working for something. This is working out what God has already put in you, but you don't know what God put in you unless you grow spiritually. Unless you get strong and healthy spiritually. Because God has worked all this in you through salvation. 
But where is it at? It's in your spirit. That means your spirit has to grow, has to get stronger, has to become the healthy spirit that it needs to be. Because you know this, all the things that God has provided for you happened when you got saved. All the promises of God are yes and amen. All the things that Jesus has provided you happened the day that you got saved. But how many know the day you got saved, you didn't know about all of them, right? You didn't even experience all of them because you didn't know that yet. So you, what do you do? By coming to church, by growing your spirit, by being involved in life groups, by, by spiritually doing the things that are going to grow your spirit and make you healthy and strong spiritually, you start working out all the things that God has worked in by his spirit through salvation. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Is everybody else but Miss Donna understanding what I'm saying? You're good. You're getting it. Today's your day of salvation, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> so your spirit is your responsibility. Now, I want to talk about three things, and we'll uh, talk about that the rest of the time, on how do we start getting stronger and healthier spiritually? How do we have a strong spirit? Because if it's your responsibility, you're going to have to do something about it. Now, I'm going to give you some fitness examples and some health examples because I think about that often. Now, I don't think of that often because I'm trying to look a certain way or um, I'm trying to get on a magazine cover or anything like that because I'm definitely far from that. But for the past about 12 years, I've really put a lot of effort into studying and listening and putting a lot of effort into physical health because I had to. I got kind of pushed into that. Like when I was younger, you know, I, I was into sports and I lifted weights and did all that. But then about 12, 10 to 12 years ago, I started having a lot of physical issues. So I kind of started doing this because I'm like, I just want to feel good. So I realized I'm going to have to do something differently than what I've been doing. And, and hello, I want to fulfill God's plan for my life and not die young. So I realized it's, it's my body. It's my responsibility. I'm going to have to do something about it. So, so I've kind of dove into the fitness and health stuff, and I listen to stuff about this all the time because I had to because I wanted to be healthy and strong. But because of that, I had to start taking responsibility because ain't nobody else going to work out for me. Nobody else is going to eat the kale salad for me. I wish somebody could. Nobody else is going to drink the water for me to stay hydrated. It's, it's my responsibility. But it's the same way spiritually. No one else is going to do it for you. You have to start doing some things if you want to be spiritually healthy, just like you have to do things if you want to be physically healthy. You do. It makes sense in the physical, but how much more the spiritual? And the spirit is even more important than the physical. So if, if we'll put this kind of effort into our physical health, how much more our spiritual health? So I want to give you three things, and they kind of pertain to fitness, but realize there's similarities because just like your physical body has needs, so does your spiritual life has needs. You know, the Bible even says it like this, that physically, of course, you have eyes and ears and you can hear and all this, you know, the different senses you have. But spiritually, it says that your spiritual 
eyes and ears, and you can sense things spiritually. So, so there's similarities. Yeah, you have an outward man, but you also have an inward man. And you need to take care of both. Now, I'll get off some of that because you get uncomfortable when I talk about food and fitness at church on the rock. So let me talk about the spiritual side of it. So if I could narrow this down to three things physically that you need to do to start being healthy, but I'm going to pertain them to spiritual things is you need to have the right nutrition. You need to have the right movement or exercise and you need to have the right hydration physically. If you're going to start being healthier, you got to have to move your body. You're going to have to eat the right stuff, and you're going to have to hydrate yourself and drink water. That, that's one of the, the basic steps. But spiritually, you're going to have to do the same things if you want to get spiritually strong. you got to do those things in the natural if you want to be physically strong and healthy. But spiritually, you're going to have to do those same things if you want your spirit to start getting stronger. Now, nobody else is going to do this for you. Why? Because it's your spirit. It's your responsibility. The first thing I want to talk about is this, spiritually, how do I get right nutrition for my spiritual life, for my spirit man? Let's look at Matthew 4 and verse 4. If we want to be spiritually strong, we're going to have to have the right nutrition or right food. Matthew 4 and verse 4, Jesus told them, no, the scripture says people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So this scripture is saying, just like bread is for the body, God's word is for your spirit. If you're going to be strong physically, you're going to have to eat physical food. And not just like once a day, but you're going to have to eat ongoingly and you're going to have to eat the right stuff. But it's the same way spiritually. If you're going to be strong in your spiritual man or your inward man, you're going to have to eat spiritual food. What is the spiritual food? God's word. Now hear me this morning. You're going to be spiritually weak and spiritually hangry if all you do is just eat on Sunday mornings. Just like if you only ate Physically on Sunday mornings and didn't eat the rest of the week, you would be a disaster to hang around the rest of the week. You would be mean, you would be grumpy, you would be tired, no one would want to be around you. I mean, some of you can't even go a couple hours before being grumpy and need a snack. But if you ate one time a week, you would not be healthy physically. But why can we do that spiritually and think we're okay? We're not. We will be spiritually weak if we don't eat. And have the right nutrition in our life. But what is the nutrition? God's word. Now how do we get God's word in us? Well we can get it in a lot of ways. We can do it by reading and studying God's word. That's us eating God's word. Getting the right nutrition spiritually. We can do it by listening to God's word. Just like this morning or you, when you listen to podcasts, faith comes by hearing and hearing. When you're doing that, you're feeding your spiritual life. You can do that by speaking God's word. When you speak God's word, that's feeding your spirit. So when we do all these things, we feed our spirit the word of God. Once again, by studying and reading, by listening, and by speaking God's word, that's spiritual food for our spirit man if we want to be strong. But we can't just do that on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights or just at a two-hour life group twice a week. 
We have to do it ongoingly. I love this quote. Many of you have heard it, but they said, said it like this. People wonder why they're weak spiritually, but they feed their body three hot meals a day and their spirit man one cold snack a week and wonder why they're spiritually weak because they're not eating. You got to eat and you have to eat God's word. That is food for your spirit. That's the right nutrition you need. Now, there's a couple reasons in nutrition why people don't become healthy. One is because they don't eat enough. The other one is they eat the wrong things. Let's just say I'm on number two. I usually got a lot of kids with me at all times. So you know what that means, parents? Mickey D's. Pizza. Tacos. Foods that taste good but aren't necessarily the most nutritional food for you. So there's two reasons why in nutrition why people don't have the health and strength they need. They don't eat enough and they don't eat the right things. Let's talk about we don't eat enough what I just talked about. Some of you just eat on Sunday mornings and you're wondering why throughout the week you're like, I can't hear God and I don't feel close to God. You ain't eating anything. Your spirit man's crying out for food and you're not feeding him anything. Well, I have a hard time overcoming temptation. Are you eating anything spiritually? Because if you're spiritually weak, you're going to say yes to every temptation you've been trying to get out of. Because you need to have a strong spirit to be able to say no to the devil. No to your flesh. You can't just eat on Sunday mornings. And, and that's one of the problems we have as American Christians especially. We think we're doing God a favor to show up one time a week like we're spiritual giants. No, we're just getting an appetizer. We're just getting started by coming on Sunday mornings. If we're going to be spiritually strong, just like if we're physically strong, we're going to have to eat every day. And you eat multiple times a day if you want to be spiritually strong. We're going to have to eat God's word. And this is what happens because some people, and I don't understand this because I, I just, I like food too much. But some people just don't eat much during the day and they're like, why do I feel weak? Well, the thing is, Doctors will tell you if you're like that, if you're not eating enough calories, your body's not getting enough nutrition to be able to do what it needs to do and have the energy it needs to have. Same way spiritually. But what did they tell you to do? you got to start force feeding yourself when you don't feel like eating so your hunger will return for food. Because some of you are saying, well, well, I'm not that hungry for God's word, pastor. That's why I don't eat throughout the week spiritually. Guess what you got to do to get that hunger back? Start force feeding yourself because then your hunger will return. Start feeding yourself when you don't feel like it on the afternoon of, of Monday. Start feeding yourself on Tuesday morning. Start feeding yourself on Wednesday night. And the more you eat, the more your hunger and your desire and your appetites will get stirred back up. And don't just say, well, I'm just not hungry for God's word. No, it's because you're not eating. And you got to get your hunger back. So you got to start putting the right things in it. And the more you do, the more the hunger will return. Just like it happens in the physical, it happens in the spiritual. And the more we give ourselves up to something, our desires will follow. 
It's true for the physical and it's true for the spiritual. The more we feed into it. And how many know I know this in my personal life and you probably experience this. The more I worship, the more I want to worship. I get hungry. Why? Because I've been getting the right nutrition. The more I read in the Bible, the more I want to read the Bible. The more I listen to podcasts, the more I want to hear God's word. Why? Because I'm feeding myself and that stirs up my hunger. I'm preaching better than you're responding today. You got to feed yourself, even when you don't feel like it sometimes, to regain your spiritual hunger. Because I know that's where some of you are right now. You're like, hey, Sunday morning's enough for me, Pastor. No, it's not. You don't even realize how spiritually weak you are right now. And it doesn't have to be that way. God wants so much more for you, but it's your spirit, it's your responsibility. We're still talking about nutrition. Spiritually, you're going to have to eat the right stuff if you want to be strong. So we said people aren't strong in their spirit, man, because they don't eat enough or they don't eat the right stuff. It's interesting. We even say stuff like that in the church world, like, what have you been feeding on? It's kind of a way people word it because they can tell when people have been feeding on the wrong stuff, they start acting different. Right? Like I've had friends like that, that used to act a certain way and I can tell when they're hanging around the wrong people because when they come back and talk to me, I'm like, who the heck are you right now? Like what happened to you? Your voice has changed. You got a different accent. You're acting weird. I'm like, what happened? And of course, I'm just that real. I'll say that like, why are you talking funny, dude? Why? Because they've been feeding on a certain type of stuff and it's changed them. That's the nutrition they've been feeding on. And, and if we're going to be spiritually strong, it's important that we eat enough, but it's important we eat the right stuff, which is God's word. And we have a choice all week long to feed on the right stuff or the wrong stuff. And if we're going to feed on junk food spiritually, we're not going to be spiritually strong. Now, let me clarify this just in case you're trying to get yourself out of what I'm saying. What are you listening to? What are you watching all week? What are you speaking all week? What are you reading all week? That's what you're feeding on spiritually. And if it's not God's word, a lot of times we're filling ourselves with spiritual junk food and wondering why we're sick, fat, and can't do what we're called to do spiritually. Yes, I just said sick and fat and not spiritually able to do what we're called to do. Because that's what happens if you eat too much junk food. Do you realize why Americans are so stinking sick compared to other countries? We eat junk food all the time and we're sick. Same thing happens to you spiritually. If you eat hours and hours of Netflix every night of your life and you don't got filters on that because most of you don't you got tvma shows you're watching and you wonder why you're spiritually depleted because you're feeding on the wrong stuff like i'm not i don't feel god's presence i'm not i can't hear his voice no wonder because you've been eating twix and cheetos every day and chugging spiritual big red that's not good for you some of you guys listen to the, the news all week long. CNN and Fox, both full of trash. That's why you post on Facebook about political stuff, and it's not right. You're feeding on the wrong stuff. Who cares about Trump? 
Who cares about Biden? Get your mind in the word of God. If you're going to eat spiritual junk food, you're not going to be spiritually healthy. Did I come to the right church this morning? If you're going to always listen to the trash radio instead of worship music and podcasts, and you wonder why your affection starts turning towards the world and worldly things, and you're thinking differently, maybe because you're listening to junk food music for your spirit man. Can we still talk like this at church? This is still right. This is still true. It's not about sin. It's about growing up and being strong. Some things are not sin. They're just dumb. They're just childish. And we got to put them away so we can grow up and be strong spiritually. But what are we feeding on? Are we feeding on the news all week? Are we feeding on social media and scrolling and screenshotting all the gossip to our church friends? Because that's going to be the, the, the product of our spiritual life. We're going to be spiritually weak. What are you feeding on? If you want to be spiritually strong, you have to get the right nutrition. And the right nutrition for your spirit is God's word. But notice, once again, God's word comes in many forms. You can read it. You can study it. You can listen to it. You could speak it. And when you do that, it feeds your spirit and you get stronger. I've noticed this about myself. When I'm feeding myself spiritually, the wrong stuff tastes bad now. The reason that junk food tastes good is because that's all you're eating. So that worldly music you love, the reason it sounds so good is because you never listen to worship. The reason the news sounds so good is because you're not in God's word. But when you start feeding yourself the right stuff, the wrong stuff tastes off now because it's not giving you any nutrition, any health, any strength. We got to feed ourselves God's word. And we got to eat even when we aren't hungry to get our hunger started again. And we got to stay away from feeding on the wrong stuff. Once again, not about sin. It's not about shame and guilt. It's about don't want a strong spirit or not. Don't want to be healthy spiritually or not. We got to get over this. Like we're having discussions about sin in church. That's baby talk. Let's go back to Noah's nursery and talk to them about it. Because that's spiritually, that's where it's at. As a follower of Jesus, you should get beyond that into, I want to do things that are wise. I want to do things that are going to help me. I want to do things that are going to get me spiritually strong. I want to do things that are going to grow my life. I'm not trying to get as close to the line of sin and then make an excuse for it why I'm spiritually weak. Pastor, we want Pastor Nancy back. I'm telling truth in this Methodist church. So if we're going to get spiritually strong, we have to have the right nutrition. Okay. Next thing, if you're going to be spiritually strong, you're going to have to have some movement, some exercise for your spirit man. Well, how do you exercise your spirit man? You need to do God's word. Your spirit is like a muscle. Just like in the natural, you have to move your muscles to grow them and to be strong. Spiritually, you're going to have to move your spiritual muscle, which is doing God's word, and make some action for your spirit to get strong and grow. 
But how do we do that? We become a doer of God's word. Let's look at what it says in James 1 and verse 22. But don't just listen to God's word. That's only one part of the step. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like a glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. Verse 25. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, that's God's word, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. But it says, don't just be a hearer of God's word. You got to be a doer of God's word. Or you're only fooling yourself. A lot of times, especially as Western believers, because we have so much head knowledge of God's word, we think we're doing it and we're not. Because we, we know so many sermons. We've read so many spiritual books. Like, why does... All the bookstores, they have all this spiritual section written a lot of times to more westernized American people. Because we love consuming knowledge and, and listening, but that doesn't equal doing it. It's only one part of the step. And we bring that attitude into church. You're like, I'm here every week. I hear the message. I listen to podcasts. Great. That's good spiritual food. But you got to take it beyond that. And you got to grow your spiritual muscle by doing God's word. Because if you don't, it says the Bible says you're only fooling yourself into thinking you're making spiritual progress and you're not. You have to do God's word. Now, what does that look like? Real simple, like a message like today that you have clearly been offended by so far. Um, I'm joking, kind of, but the responses are special today. <laughs> when you come to church and you hear a message, don't just leave and say, that was a good message. I mean, it would be nice if you actually said that to me one time, but don't just stop there. When you go home, look at your notes, look at your Bible, and if you don't remember, the podcast will be up by tomorrow. And if you're going to be a doer of the word, you ask God, how can I apply this to my life, God? How can I do your word? And trust me, he will talk to you. But most people don't do that. What do they do? They come to church. They listen. They say amen or oh me, one or the other. They take a few notes and they put it away till next week. That's not doing God's word. You're fooling yourself. And you're never going to grow your spiritual muscle until you make spiritual movement or exercise. And you do that by doing God's word. Now, today is pretty easy because I'm giving you three steps to take to get spiritually stronger. So it's like, what do I do? Well, God's going to say, Pastor just told you what to do. You're going to need to eat the right stuff, have right nutrition. You're going to need to have right exercise. You're going to have to have right hydration. And I'm explaining all these things to you, so it's real practical today. But there's other times, like Pastor Nancy meeting, you're going to say, God, what should I do from this message? 
How do I apply this to my life? I think it was a great message. I think it was magical. (laughs) But how do I apply this to my life? And if you speak to him, he will tell you. But we got to be a doer of God's word. Once again, that doesn't mean works. Like, I got to do it. No, it's saying, God, I want to do this. Can you help me do this? But you got to make some effort and movement to do it. See, this is what we want to do, like like you want to do about your own exercise. God, I want to get in shape. Help me do it. If I do do this at the gym, guess what? Ain't no muscles being formed. And I can say all day, God, help me get in better shape. Help me get some muscle. Help me get healthy. No, I have to get up and start doing something if physically I'm going to get in shape and get healthy. Spiritually the same way. We're going to have to get up and make some movement, spiritual movement in that direction. Now, I believe if we talk to God about this, he's going to give you spiritual insights. It might not even be about the message that I shared today or another day. But if you ask God, how can I be a doer of your word? What do you want me to do right now? Trust me, he's going to bring up the thing that you need to start doing. For some of you, it might be like this. He could say something like, well, I want you to have faith for this certain area. And I want you spiritually to be a doer of the word in this area because I want you to grow your faith. That might be the thing that God brings up to you. But for the person over here, he might say, well, for you, you need to be a doer of my word in your love walk and forgiveness. And usually that person says, can I have the faith one? I'll take the faith one, not the love and forgiveness one. For other people in here, he might say, you got a real bad problem with worry and anxiety. You need to work your spiritual muscle in this area and be a doer of the word. What does a doer of the word means? Well, guess what? When you start worrying, what does the Bible say to do? You got to cast down those thoughts. You got to receive God's peace. You got to set your minds on things that are peaceful instead of just sitting aside and saying, Well, I'm just worried. This is the way I am. Being a doer of God's word. So if we're going to spiritually grow our spiritual muscle, we're going to have to make movement and be a doer of God's word. Every time you hear a message, every time you read God's word, every time you speak God's word, every time God gives you something, always think about how can I apply this to my life? How can I be a doer and not just a hearer of this word? If you want it to work, you're going to have to do something. It's not about earning it, but you do need to put in some effort to God's will for your life. You got to do something. Why? Because it's your spirit. It's your responsibility. Brother Daryl, could you come play? Now, last thing I want to talk about is hydration. In the physical, you have to drink a lot of water to be healthy. Most of us don't drink enough water physically. But in the spiritual, you have to hydrate yourself spiritually. Now, how do we do that spiritually? By the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at John 7 and verse 37. Now on the last and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood and called out in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, 
What does that mean? They need, they need hydration. They need God's water in their life. Let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me and adheres to me, trusts in me and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being, his spirit, will flow continually rivers of living water. But he was speaking about the Holy Spirit whom those who believed in him as Savior were to receive afterwards. The Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified and raised to honor. But we're living in those days of the Holy Spirit. If you want to be spiritually healthy and strong in your spirit, man, you're going to have to eat the right stuff, nutrition. You're going to have to exercise and give movement to your spirit, being a doer of the word. But you're going to have to drink of God's water, his hydration spiritually. And that's the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us. But we do that primarily through praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. And I know about you, but we need the Holy Spirit now more than ever. We're living in times that we can't just figure it out in our mind. And we can't just make it happen in the natural. We need God's spirit. I love in the Bible, water always refers to the Spirit of God, but it also refers to this presence and power and this life and refreshing it brings. I would say one of the main things that I keep hearing after the past several years from even believers is I'm tired, I'm burnt out, I'm frustrated, I'm irritated. Guess what? You need some refreshing, and it doesn't come from kombucha. It doesn't come from CBD gummies. It comes from the Holy Ghost. We need God's refreshing power. We need God's power in our life by the Spirit of God more than ever. His life-giving, refreshing power for our spirit. A lot of believers are thirsty, yet they have the Spirit of God within them, but they give no action to Him. They were once Spirit-filled at an altar, but haven't been refilled since. But God has refillings, re-outpourings, renewing, revival of his presence in our life by the Holy Spirit. And we need him. And as a church, we're never going to be quiet about the Holy Ghost. Because he's a difference maker. If we don't have the Holy Ghost power and presence and refreshing in here to water those who are thirsty, what do we got? A club? A group of people that are just together trying to create a business or an organization. No, we ain't got no church. Because we need God's power to move and it comes through the Spirit of God. We need the water and refreshing of the Holy Spirit upon us. Not just on Sundays, but every day. And that comes through the Holy Ghost. And when we do that, God waters us. And we drink spiritually. And we do that primarily through praying in tongues. Praying in tongues is not an old, dead, Pentecostal thing. It has such significance for us today. It's so important for us today. The Bible says that, that our spirit's like a well, and how do we draw water out of the well? By praying in the Spirit. Out of us will flow rivers of living water. If I could challenge you today, and I know we're in such a mental educated culture and I believe in being educated I believe in being sharp mentally but 
we got to get out of our head and into our hearts to receive the refreshing that God has for us in these days. Because there's things that we're not going to be able to figure out in the natural. We're going to have to pray out. There's situations that we're not going to have an answer, but the Spirit of God has an answer. And we're going to pray that out in the Holy Ghost. I read this recently from a pastor I looked up to. And he says, one of my mentors and pastors called me yesterday and I explained that leading in this season under challenging circumstances has been like, he was saying I was expecting him to give me a system to work on the problem because he's known as a systems guy. He's known as a guy of excellence. His response was this, you need to pray in the spirit more than you ever have before. You ever heard that from anybody? He said, I needed to be reminded of that because it's always more spiritual than we think. Some things can't be fixed with a system or a program. It only happens by God's Spirit. Let's look at this verse, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 4 in the New Living Translation. It says, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. But one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. But notice when you're praying in the Spirit, you're strengthened personally. You're watered personally. You're refreshed personally. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to live hydrated by the Holy Ghost. Trust me, you can tell people that have been drinking of the Holy Ghost and people that haven't. There's a different look on their face. There's a different way they carry themselves. There's a refreshing about themselves. And we need that, and it's available to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need God's Spirit, and we need God's presence. Could we stand up? Let me pray over you this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I thank you for your people today. Could we raise our hands today? I thank you, Father, for imparting spiritual strength into them this morning. I thank you that we're growing in our spirit. We're we're growing in our spirit, man. We're becoming stronger and healthier as a church family. I thank you, Father, you knew these times and days we would live in. And you prepared us ahead of time for these days. And we will overcome adversity. And we will overcome trouble. And we will stand strong in these times of stress because we have a strong spirit. Father, we take ownership over our spirit, man, to grow it to strengthen it, to guard it, to do things that will keep us spiritually strong and healthy. Father, help us to desire and hunger after your word like never before. Help us to be a doer of your word like never before. Help us to rely on the Holy Ghost within us to bring refreshing to us. Your word says he would pour water on all them that are thirsty and floods on the dry ground. And we believe that for this church family right now. I believe over anybody who's been spiritually dry and spiritually dormant and spiritually needing a touch of your presence. I pray, Father, right now that you would flood the dry ground of their spirit, that you would, you would pour water on them that are thirsty, that you would overflow them by the power of your spirit. We receive that today, Father, and we thank you today for that, Father, that, that we're living in a time that we can live refreshed by communing with the Spirit of God. Help us to stir ourselves up, to pray in the Holy Ghost, to not neglect the gift of God that's within us that brings refreshing. Father, we thank you today for it. 
we thank you today for? Are you thankful today for the, the presence of the Holy Spirit within us? Thank you, Father. Let us be a Holy Spirit-led church, Holy Spirit-led people, that we're not uh, relying on our own strength and our own ability, but the greater one that lives on the inside of us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for your precious spirit, your precious spirit, your precious spirit. And I feel this today. I know some of you have been spirit-filled a long time, but many of you have neglected your spiritual life, especially in the area of praying in tongues. And, and I know you do that because you don't always understand what you're saying. Sometimes you think you're wasting time. But I want you to know today, by the Spirit of God, you're never wasting time by praying in the Holy Ghost. Even if your mind can't understand everything, your spirit understands it, and God understands it. And we're praying out the perfect plan of God. We're praying out the, the mysteries of God, the secrets of God, the plans of God. And while you're doing that, even if your mind doesn't understand, spiritual refreshing is coming to you. And I want to say this to you this morning because I feel like God's saying this to tell, me, tell you this today. That some of you in here need to spend just a little more time because some of you are, are so close in your personal prayer time. But you don't press past those feelings to get into the deeper things spiritually. Because you could be getting to a greater level of refreshing, a greater level of, of God's spirit being poured out. But we need to pray in the spirit more than we think we can praying in the spirit more than we have and and i feel this strongly if some of you do that you're going to start entering into areas of breakthrough you've never entered into before you're going to start entering into areas of newness and refreshing you've never entered in before you're going to be entering into different levels of prayer you've never entered in before when you press past your feelings and and just go a little bit longer by praying in the spirit do you receive that today I believe that's for several people in here today. That if we get past our mind and get into our spirit, God wants to do some things, but we got to give ourselves to it for the refreshing of God to come. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Do you take that challenge, church family? God has answers for you. He has answers and he has refreshing for you, but you got to press past your feelings and sometimes your mind to get into the spirit. I've received that for myself today, Father. I commit that today, right now, that I'm going to pray more in the Spirit, that I'm going to push past my feelings and mind, and I'm going to step into what you have for me. Thank you, Father. I'll receive that refreshing. I receive that refreshing. I receive that instruction today, Father. And I'm still not going to hear it, but I'm going to be a doer of that in my personal life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I receive that. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.